Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, we are live with another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. Today we have Kian Lagi. Kian is a former NFL athlete turned emotional intelligence coach for world-class leaders. Kian has personally worked with over 300 people on creating a healthy relationship with themselves so they are able to escape the rat race of the achievement loop and step into a place of achieving massive success, impact, and money from a place of ease. I am super excited to have Kian here. He has a great story, but I'm going to leave that to him. So, Kian, thank you for hopping on the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, Gabe, I am doing incredible out here, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to drop some, some knowledge bombs and some wisdom for everybody out there that is <laughs> on here today. Perfect. I love it. Um, usually we start with stories, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's yeah. really cool because, um, so it's, uh, it's winter down there right now, isn't it? Or summer down there, isn't it? Correct. It's summer. It's beautiful, man. The weather is beautiful. <laughs> the people are beautiful. The, uh, the, the good feelings are flowing out here, man. So it's really, really <laughs> cool. It's really cool to be a part of. I'm jealous. All right. So yes, we always start with stories. Um, I know you got a good one. So why don't you take us to the beginning? How did you get started down the path you're on right now? Yeah, I, uh, my story starts with being able to accomplish uh, my lifelong dream since I was 10 years old. Um, in third grade, I drew a picture for the, for the thing that I wanted to do with my life. And it was me making it to the NFL. And I was able to, to shift and move things around and make things happen in a way that allowed me to get to that place and making it all the way to the NFL. And I found out while I was there that I would never be able to play again shortly after I had got the news that I would be an NFL athlete. From there, uh, I quickly pivoted and uh, followed a path of inspiration inside of me that's led me to living in Rio de Janeiro now. Uh, but the last five years has really been a process of me discovering me, uh, who I am, who I want to be, who I'm not. Uh, and it's been a ride. Ooh, it's been a ride. So these last five years post-football have been so incredible for me to really uh, uncover and discover me independent of any previous identities that I associated with, with being the athlete, with being the, the good old boy from the Midwest, and uh, really stepping into to a season of life of, of um, whatever it is that I want to be and whatever I want to do. So that's what the last five years has been for me post-football. Man, that is uh, that is crazy. So you were working towards an NFL career. What happened? So it sounds like you got you had an injury, took you out of that out of that tract, and that was where your hunt, all of your identity was wrapped up in that dream, um, which I can really associate with. And then once it ends, you're just like, wow, what do I do now? Yeah, certainly. It, it was an interesting combination. It was a cauldron of emotions I was experiencing. Uh, I would say at the beginning, when I got the news, I'd never be able to play again. It was a, I was a, an emotional wreck during that night. Uh, but then ironically, after I, I purged all the feelings that I was feeling, uh, I went and had a bite to eat in Kansas City before I flew out back home uh, the next day. And 
actually felt a little bit of relief. Uh, relief from the pressure that I've been putting on my so, and uh, so people listening and watching, um, we are going to experience just a few issues with the uh, with the transmission because he is calling it from Rio. So I'm going to just wait until that pops back in. Yep. And there he is. Awesome. So, Kian, uh, you were just talking and it sounded like um, you on the night of the injury or the night of the, the moment where you realized you were not able to pursue your dream. You're not able to keep going down the you know, your the path of being an NFL pro player. Um, you kind of had a sense of relief. You you realized that you know there was a weight that was taken off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the years and years of pressure that that I put on myself to perform and be a certain way, just like oh. now. Clearly, there was a lot of confusion because I was like, well, what what the what am I going to do now? You know, I, I had a backup plan for what I uh, I thought would be a good idea to do. I, I went to school for finance, so I thought I want to be a financial analyst. But uh, after football got done, I was like, eh, there's no way that I'm going to go do that. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, afterward, it was, it was a lot of, of confusion, uh, a lot of, of, um, yeah, just a lot of confusion, man, just a lot of confusion, uh, for, for who, who I was and, um, path and direction that I wanted to take independent of, of anybody else. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, those moments in life, uh, I mean, I hate, um, belaboring, the old, you know, the the pieces of wisdom that are just co- constantly reiterated um, in society today. But everybody always talks about that uh, a crisis is, or what is it? The Japanese symbol for crisis is opportunity and fear or something like that. Um, and so you went into a crisis, but there's also an opportunity in that moment. There's a chance to recreate yourself. So, I mean, you keep talking about confusion. What did you do um, to kind of bring yourself through that moment? What got you from the point where you realize, shit, my dreams are gone. What I had built my life around is completely gone. Now I need to recreate myself. How did you get through that? Yeah, I uh, decided that I was going to do something that was fun for me, which was helping other people build their physical body and getting out of where I was from. Uh, I'm from South Dakota and uh, I decided to move to a place that many would say is the opposite of South Dakota in Miami, Florida. And uh, about five months after I was done with playing football, I made the move out to Miami with a good friend of mine. And uh, wow, that was a hell of a time. Uh, we had a lot of fun, a lot of experimenting, and uh, just just really was, was uh, both of us just really stepping out of identities that we'd previously had and stepping into something new that uh, we had a really great time experiencing. Yeah. And it's funny, like once, um, you know, once something ends like that, I know in my own life, once uh, one identity kind of breaks away, you're not automatically given a new identity. It's something that you have mm-hmm. to create. It's something that you have to iterate into um, unless, I mean, unless you have something going into it that you already knew you were going to be, it really is a process of experimentation, of understanding where your next steps are going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you said you're down in Miami, you're, you were experimenting, you're trying to figure out what these next steps are. How'd you go about creating this new identity and and moving forward into where you are right now? Well, a lot of it was the realization that I didn't know who I was. Uh, that's what the first step was, is just being like, whoa, like, I don't really even know who I am. Uh, and I think that's a really powerful thing to be able to come to terms with and be okay with, because I feel like there's a societal pl- pressure that says, we have to know who we are, we have to know what we want. And uh, if we don't know, 
especially I would say in the, in the uh, um, personal development uh, community is like, you need to know your purpose, you need to know uh, what you like your big, big mission is. And there's so much pressure to figure that shit out. And it really, what it does is it causes people to step into making decisions quicker than we're ready for uh, mm-hmm. without really being able to give ourselves permission to, to not know what we want and to give ourselves permission just to be in the energy of not knowing what we want and give ourselves permission to experiment and, and trying a bunch of different things and then allowing the cards to fall where they may without, without putting that pressure on ourselves to have to know what I want with my life for the rest of my life. You know, and a lot of it's the American way too. a lot of it's that pressure to, to, to do. I know there's other cultures that, that are relatively similar as well into knowing what, what we want and, and committing to that. Uh, but really just giving ourselves permission to just be in a season of life. Uh, and really, like, I, I, that's how I live my life now is now just, just being open to trying new things that are presented in front of me and following my own inspiration. That's how I live. Uh, I, I do but, but I don't know what I'll do in a couple of years now. I could be doing it. I might not be. Uh, but really, what I've learned to do through through the process of giving myself permission to not what I, know what I want uh, is to actually fall in love with that process. And then to when I do find things that I do like and I do feel really inspired to continue to do, I do more of it. Right. So being able to step out of that place of rigidity and structure that so many of us, you know, high achievers, high performers, uh, put ourselves into to be able to create a foundation for what we want. It's then a responsibility to lose that to be able to get to the next level in life. And that's the people that I work with now are the people that have, that have mastered the mindset. Uh, they've mastered the, the structure and the morning routine and uh, what needs to be done to create something. And now I say it, what got you here won't get you there. Uh, being able to step into the place of, of trust and faith and no longer control and manipulation of outcomes. And uh, that's really what, what allows there to be continual growth after the personal development side is mastered and established. Yep. No, and I, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I love uh, personal development kind of books and that, that genre of, um, of literature. But I agree that most of it tells you that you need to just push and do it. And you have this vision, you have to have your vision, just go and get it. Um, which is great. I mean, you, you there is a, a time in your life when you do have to, you know, kind of pull yourself up by the shoestrings and just say, I got to get this. I don't, you know, no excuses. Let's just get it. Um, but it doesn't help when you really are in a, when you don't really have a clear, you know, focus, a clear vision for what, what you want. Um, and if you're in that, that space where you don't have a clear vision, then taking really direct action is only going to get you in a direction that you aren't, mm-hmm. isn't a hundred percent accurate to where you actually want to go. So I love that you said that. Um, I also like that you said you have, you have to fall in love with the process of creation because, uh, I think that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, all, if you're following your intuition, if you're following your your gut and where you want to go, it's not always going to be clear. And so you really have to f- trust that the process is going to work out in the end. You have to trust that process um, and not, you know, believe that it has to be a certain way um, once you get to the end. So love that piece mm-hmm. of those pieces of advice. So we're right now you're working with professionals. You're working with people to um, get them to the next level, to, to be in this space of creation what is the process that you uh, that you kind of take people through? Uh, victimizing themselves, big time, right? Because most of the people that I work with, they're people that have taken a lot of accountability for themselves uh, in their life. They've been the ones initiating success, been, been initiating, uh, pushing themselves really hard to get what they want. And so uh, for people that are, you know, I would say me too, uh, somebody that, you know, my, my parents never pushed me. 
Like I was pulling them since I was in third grade, dude. Like I didn't need anybody motivating me to get to get what I wanted. I'd always been motivated. And the hardest thing for me was to be able to allow myself to be a victim for a little while and not not cover my hurt and my internal pain with optimism and forward moving and allowing myself to, to, to actually feel a lot of hurt that, that I had unprocessed inside of my own body, allowing me to be able to uh, stop attaching to a lot of these things that we're talking about. And uh, that's really what it was for me. And a lot of my clients is allowing us to be victims in the context of these spaces of going in and just allowing ourselves to feel as we're actually feeling and purging a lot of that stored emotion inside of our bodies, allowing there to be clarity and peace that emerges on the other side. Uh, because so much of that, that drive and that need to have to perform and make things happen comes from a lot of lack inside of us, causing us to have to attach to the outcome. And what do we know about attachment and detachment? Well, when, I'm allow, when I allow myself to detach from an outcome, best case scenario emerges, right? But it's not a matter of just saying, hey, dude, you need to detach from all the things that you're attached to in your life. Not as easy as that, right? Because there's reasons why we do attach things. So what I do is I take people to the place of being able to go in and find the root reason why I attach uh, my identity and my okayness to certain achievements and ways of being, process all that stored emotion associated with that need to have to attach to those things, then on the other side, be able to embody detachment, not consciously trying to detach, but embody it through the releasing of the stored emotion. Hmm. No, that's uh, that's interesting. And it's I like that you said you allow yourself to kind of be the victim because um, I feel generally in today's society, the word victim is like you do, should not allow yourself to be a victim. Do not be the victim. Be the agent. Be the one going out there making moves. Um, the moment you have that that mindset of being the victim, then you're in the wrong. Um, and I, I understand where you're going. You're saying that basically if you allow yourself to feel the pain behind being the victim, then you can kind of realize what what the source of that pain is and move through it. Is that kind of kind of accurate to what you're saying? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's where this be, it's a beautiful ebbs and flows of life, right? The beginning tends to be getting out of victimhood and being able to take massive accountability. And that's the place a lot of people are at. Right? They're in a position of you know not being motivated to get off the couch and, and, and do what they or know what they want with their life and take action. Uh, but once you do get to a place of being able to take the action you know that you need to take, and you've been able to create the success that you want, uh, this is the cool part is that the the, the most uh, unvictim thing that you can do at that point is to allow yourself to be a victim, <laughs> right? If that makes sense, right? So the most unvictim, if that's a word, thing that you can do after mastering the ability to not be a victim is to allow yourself to be a victim, <laughs> Right. Because then you're not, you're not forced by something inside of you to do something that you don't want. You're taking, making your choice. You're saying, okay, I'm going to feel this. I'm going to allow myself to feel this emotion and I'm just going to get through it because it's not going to dictate my actions from this point forward. Absolutely. And that's, that's a really interesting thing is, is a lot of the people that have, that have uh, mastered the art of not being a victim uh, believe that their logic and their pragmatic ways of being uh, is completely independent of their own emotions. And that's bullshit. Uh, there's actually studies that have shown that when, when we shut off that part of our, the emotional part of our brains, we don't have the capacity to make decisions, right? So regardless of how pragmatic or logical or, or uh, uh, you know, 
brain oriented you are, uh, at the end of the day, decisions are still being made from an emotional place. And so we can either make the decision to, to go in and process our emotions and actually understand them, or we can be the, the suppressor and the pusher downer uh, that ultimately leads to us creating chaos in our life because of our inability to actually be in touch with our emotions, right? So it's one of the two. You can either suppress it and be controlled by it, or you can go in and, and get to know your emotions and process them and actually become less emotional in the process, which is really, really powerful. Yep. No, man, I love it. Preaching to the choir. That is a, that's great stuff. Um, but hey, man, we just crossed the 15 minute mark. So I got to move us on to the quick question round. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Always starts out with book books. I'm a big bookie. So why don't you tell us two book recommendations? One, just general life wisdom. And then one for whatever topic you're talking about. Um, it could be mindset, whatever it is that you want. Yeah, well, I, I always share this book, The Biology of Belief by, by Dr. Bruce Lipton. That's number one for me. That was what really inspired me to get into this, this space of, uh, of creating just a, a fucking epic life that I feel really, really good about. So that book, The Biology of Belief, and then most recently, Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. Oof. Oh. I, I don't know if that'll hit with anybody else, but for me, I'm, I'm just like a really adventurous uh, person that loves to, to try new things and to give myself permission to do that. And reading his book and the life that he's lived, I, I would just, it, it just gave me so much more permission to continue to step into that place of not needing to make decisions out of uh, time timelines in my head, right? Or, or um, doing things out of uh, ways that I think should be done a certain way. And that guy really has lived and embodied what I want to continue to, to live and embody. So biology of belief, was really what got me into it, into this space. Uh, but then Green Lights by McConaughey is uh, is the really, really big one for me. Nice, man. I've read Biology Belief. That is a great book. Um, Green Lights, though, I'm definitely picking that up. Matthew McConaughey, I, I love that guy. So uh, that's a great recommendation. Um, going on to the next question. So habits. Uh, I know we're talking about non-structure, but I'm going into structure. Habits mm -hmm. are uh, one of the things that kind of give you the foundation for your life, for how you live it. Um, so if you could point to one habit in your life that you feel has contributed the most to your health, well-being, success, what would that habit be? Mm. The, the, the habit of being able to tap in and get in touch with my own uh, needs and desires. And I let how I operate with my habits is I'm relatively inconsistent. I'm consistently inconsistent where I'll spend a short season just being really inspired to do one or two things in a certain way. And then when I don't feel inspired anymore, I'll transition into something different. And for me, it's, it's, it's just been the consistency of consistently doing different things. I know that's what many people say talk about uh, for their habits, but it's been so freeing for me. And it's allowed me just to tap into doing whatever I want to do at all times and recognizing that I get a lot of success when I do that. So that's the premise of how I operate. But the one thing in this season of life that it like really just like sets me on just an amazing track for the day is I, I got to get to the ocean, man. I, I take a dip in the ocean and that right there is like, especially the cold water here in Rio. And I know not everybody has a Rio right by them or next to them. But, but really, I, what I want, the point I want to get across is like, what, what makes you feel good? Not, not, not what does everybody else tell you that's going to make you feel good? Like, what is it that makes you feel good? And that's how, how we should start our day. 
is tapping into that place. Like, what is the thing that makes me feel good and really gets me going in a positive direction? Uh, not what is the, the, the local, you know, homie telling me to, to do my five things in the morning to set my day off. Right. No, no, no. What do, what do I like that puts me in a good space to start the day? And for me, the ocean is just like, boom, Oh, the ocean, man. Nice. I love it. I uh, actually just took a trip down to um, San Diego a while ago and I was right on the ocean and I was just sitting there looking at it and being like, wow, this is really nice. It's just so peaceful. It gets you in a good headspace. Uh, moving on. So if you can go back to the Kian who was, you know, he had his goal of being a professional football player. He was going towards it. Um, you know, go back to that Kian, look him in the eye and give him one piece of advice moving forward. <laughs> Dude, you're a fucking legend. Like you, you don't have to try so hard. I love it. Like you, I love you, you it. already are. Like you already are. You don't have to try so hard. Perfect. All right. So this is the last question. This is for people who are listening and watching. You've given us a lot of good things to think about, a lot of wisdom that you've shared. I'm sure people want to reach out and say hi. So what's the best way for them to do that? My website, kianloggy.com and Instagram, kian.loggy. Those are probably the two best for me. Perfect. And I will put those um, URLs in the show notes. So if you're listening, watching, want to get in contact with Kian, click the little more in the description. It'll pop down the full description in there. You'll find Kian's URLs. Click through there. Say hi. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, Kian, hey, thank you uh, very much for calling in from Rio. 100%, Gabe. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason that we do this. So we appreciate having you here. If you have any questions, as always, reach out to me, Gabe, at um, PursuingGreatnessPodcast.com. Had to think about that one for a second. Or you can reach out to the website, PursuingGreatnessPodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. Other than that, hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep living your best life. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some actionable advice and insights that you can apply to your own life today. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, the best way to do so would just be to subscribe to the show and share this episode with your friends and your family. If you'd like to learn more about how to master your life by mastering your health, wealth, relationships, and spirit, head on over to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Keep living in integrity with yourself. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.